and welcome back to another episode of Politically Correct. As always, I'm Will, and I owe y'all an apology for not getting an episode out last week, but I also never promised there would be an episode every single week, and that was for the purpose of, you know, I want to keep things fresh. Uh, I did record something last week. I don't even want to call it an episode because it was a very poor attempt at, you know, trying to make something out of nothing when I wasn't really feeling it. And y'all don't deserve to hear something like that. Y'all don't deserve to spend your time not listening to something or spend your time listening to something that isn't quality, you know? So my bad. And let's hopefully just keep moving forward into actual good content. So the first thing I wanted to talk about that I did talk about in whatever that attempt of an episode was last week is the fact that every movie studio has decided that they aren't going to release any more films for the duration of 2020. Disney has moved from a theatrical release schedule to more of a streaming release schedule, which is what I believe a lot of these studios are going to end up doing because they can't just keep sitting on all of these movies and then try to release everything whenever the world reaches its new normal, whenever that is. We have no idea when that could be. And something I kind of talked about then that I kind of want to really dive into now is what is the future of cinema going to really look like? Movie theaters have been a dying industry for at least the past two decades. For anyone out there who doesn't know, movie theaters primarily make their money off of concessions. They don't make their money off of ticket sales or maybe a small percentage of their money, but a good percentage of their money is made from concessions and people actually being in the theater. And with the fact that theaters that are open right now can only open at like half or 25% capacity, that's really hurting them in the long run. Theaters like Regal have decided that, okay, we're not going to be open for the rest of 2020. But there's some theaters who are being more hard-headed, like AMC, who decided they're just going to stay open. And I can't blame them because, according to some reports, they don't have much money left. They got enough money to stay afloat for maybe six months. That's what I've heard, unless somebody comes along and buys them out. But we won't know until till that happens so we're kind of just sitting back and waiting to see what happens as for the future of cinema i think a lot of these studios are sitting back and they're realizing that they can just make a streaming service and still be able to release their content still get ratings from that and still be able to you know get that money from subscriptions and be able to see get people to see their movies now the examples we've seen of movies getting released on demand that people who had to pay for like a movie in the movie theaters is Mulan and that wasn't a very good litmus test because as they kind of flopped and I don't know how they're going to keep moving forward but I do know that this doesn't look great for us as consumers because there's going to be a lot of you know there's going to be a lot of money floating around you know if everybody has a streaming service and you have to keep paying for all these streaming services just to see the products and the movies that you want to see or you know the latter aspect of that would just be waiting a long long time for it to reach television which probably isn't even plausible at this point i don't even know many people who still have cable who even use their cable for anything other than the news it's gonna get infinitely expensive or people are just going to have to get way more selective with the things that they want to see and the people and companies that they want to invest in. And that's not going to be good 
for the industry but i do believe this is going to be better for you know more independent um, movie makers and filmmakers because they'll be able to make their stuff available to a wider audience for a cheaper price if there's any price on it at all so it's going to be interesting to see what the new normal is going to look like because right now we have no idea we don't I'm not convinced that the world is ever going to be the way it was before COVID. Even just mentality-wise, you know, right now, people get kind of wary when someone's within six feet of them. And I don't think that kind of paranoia just goes away because there's a vaccine, which, by the way, I'm not taking that on the first round. I don't know about y'all. I don't trust that right now. I kind of want to see what happens with that and then make a decision based on that and maybe go with vaccine 2.0 instead of 1.0 because this is going to be a mess for a while. And, you know, I just, I'm nervous to see what happens, but at the same time, I'm kind of excited to see what happens. I feel like the world's going to be kind of wide open and the playing field is going to be very level. So we'll see. Next up is some news that I was extremely excited about yesterday that I'm a little bit less excited about today, okay? This has to do with Spider-Man 3. Not Spider-Man 3 with Tobey Maguire. Spider-Man 3, whatever it is they're going to call it, with Tom Holland. Now, as of right now, we know Tom Holland is obviously in it. Benedict Cumberbatch was cast in it as Doctor Strange. Jamie Foxx was cast in it as Electro. They're bringing him back. Which, and when I saw that news, I was like, okay. Jamie Foxx was already Electro in the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man, the Amazing Spider-Man 2. And I was like, so, how's that going to work with using the same actor that was already in a series playing the same character? Because I assume he's not going to be drastically different. And I started thinking, okay. Maybe this is like a multiverse thing because we know that the Doctor Strange movie, when they make that, is going to heavily handle the multiverse. So I think this is Sony's way of sort of fast tracking a Sinister Six type of plot line. Now, for those of you who don't follow the comics like I do, you're not a weirdo like me, you don't read them every week, the Sinister Six is a collection of Spider-Man villains who say, all right, we all couldn't take him down one-on-one. Why don't we team up and try to take him out? And the original lineup for the Sinister Six included Mysterio. This is off the top of my head. I don't exactly remember. I think it was Mysterio, Electro, Dr. Octopus, Vulture, maybe Sandman and Rhino. I don't remember what the exact lineup is, but... As of right now, we've got about four villains who have been introduced for Spider-Man. We've got Mysterio, who we don't really know what happened to him. I'm not going to talk much about him because I don't want to spoil that movie. Uh, We've got the Vulture. We've got Matt Gargan was introduced in Homecoming, and he is the Scorpion, who is another Spider-Man villain, but he obviously didn't get his powers or anything like that in the first one. They just simply introduced the character with that name. And we now have Jamie Foxx, who is Electro. I don't know who the final two people they're going to be casting is, and I don't know if they're going to be in this next movie, but you introduce the multiverse into things, and that is a very quick way to fill out that roster. So that's a smart move. 
And with that being said, a lot of rumors are going around saying that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are also rumored to be in this movie, most likely as those other versions of Spider-Man coming across to help Tom Holland. Now, when I got this news yesterday, I was extremely excited. Like, I was giddy. I started sweating. I was... (laughs) I I nerded out completely because I was like, this is a dream. But at the same time, today, Sony came out with an announcement, today being October 15th, Sony came out with an announcement saying that those rumors are not confirmed. But on the good side of things, they also didn't outright deny them, which means there is a chance that this is real, which would be extremely dope. But only time will tell if that happens but if it does happen i don't know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna be extremely excited and i might die the day that i get that announcement not gonna lie someone's gonna have to bring me back because i have to see that movie then i'm gonna probably die again and you know at that point you know probably just leave me because you know it doesn't get better than that other news that i saw was that don't breathe too I don't know who out there has seen Don't Breathe. It's spooky season. If you want to see a, you know, pretty horror-adjacent movie, the first Don't Breathe is now getting a sequel that actually finished filming, I believe, last week, last Wednesday, because I did talk about this in that attempt of a podcast that I did last week, very briefly. But, you know, I'm interested to see what they can do with the second one. I'm not going to talk about the first one because I don't want to spoil anything for anyone who wants to go out there and watch it. Because it is a relatively new movie. I think it came out in like 2017 off the top of my head. I don't know. But check it out if you're interested. The second one's done filming. Doesn't really mean much because they still have to edit it and they still have to figure out how they're going to distribute it. But just thought it was interesting. I didn't know that movie was going to get a sequel. So that and some other news that i saw just yesterday is something that i'm not sure if i'm happy that i saw it or not and that's that dexter has been greenlit for a new season now those of you who didn't watch dexter it was a showtime show i believe starring michael c hall and his character dexter was a forensic scientist i believe uh he was a blood spatter expert me trying to remember that off the top of my head but he was um also a serial killer and he made it a very big point that you know he had this sort of code that he followed and he only murdered like bad people uh it's a great show that lasted seven seasons but to be honest with you i only really enjoyed maybe seasons one through three after that things got really weird and with them saying that they've got this new season i don't know if it's something that's really needed or not and i don't know i'm a little bit nervous to see where it is that they go i know that you know the show did kind of go off the rails because their typical writing staff actually left after the third season because i think michael c hall got like hodgkin's lymphoma so he was fighting cancer and as a result of that he had to step aside from the show and you know get himself better and he beat it you know congratulations to him for that and when he came back he was actually one of the primary writers for the show and i don't know i guess with that he needs to refine more of his writing maybe he took this time to figure out where he wanted this show to go from here but they did get another season will i be watching it 
absolutely just because i want to see what's going to happen or where they're going to go with all this and yeah i don't know if i'm happy about it or not but i'm definitely going to check it out regardless and now we're going to be moving into more of the review section of this podcast and i don't want to just talk about movies i don't want to just talk about tv i want to be a little bit more diverse and talk about music and things like that too so i want to talk about savage mode 2 21 savage 21 savage's newest album and i'm not the type of person that's going to go into oh the arrangement for this was good or oh it was a you know this was a sample of this old i don't know exactly all of that stuff but i do know good music and i do know that this was a solid project uh 21 savage has evolved a lot he's come a long way since he first started and that's kind of what this album shows it shows him being in that kind of pocket that he's used to being in where he's just flowing to more of an experimental okay let's play around with some melodies and a little bit of singing towards the end now i feel like they could have they could have arranged this album in a way that it wouldn't have felt so lopsided and it's kind of something that you can see even when you click on the album in apple music the first five songs are the most played songs on the album not so much any of the songs at the second half of it so it is very much a top heavy album in my opinion so the beginning of it is more of the okay this is the hard hitting 21 savage who's just spitting and he's flowing and he's just he's having a good time second half of the album is more of a okay this is the more melodic 21 savage and he's trying out some new things because he can afford to at this point in his career he's already he's won a grammy who saw that coming i didn't but he's got a grammy he's got platinum selling albums and eps at this point and he can just he can just play around and do what he wants and you can tell that he really did that with the second half of this album and it's different it's not bad but it's different and i like it um i thought it was just a solid project but the first half is a lot better than the second half but that's not to say that the second half is bad i would also like to talk about tde's reason and his new album new beginnings now reason is not a person that i was super familiar with before this album came out i followed him on twitter I didn't know much about him because I followed him back when I was really getting into TDE and just following everybody who was a part of that, you know, label just to see what kind of stuff they had going on because Kendrick Lamar, one of my favorite rappers, Schoolboy Q, one of my favorite rappers, Isaiah Rashad has made probably what is one of my top five favorite, I want to say it's an EP, but I consider an album probably of all time for me in Sevilla Demo. And... The way that they move as a group is very unorthodox as compared to like a Dreamville or even just these people who are out here making music otherwise, like Megan The Stallion and stuff. You kind of know what they're going to do. With TDE, they're completely unpredictable with their releases and who's doing what. And I'm saying all that because I didn't even know that Reason was a rapper for a long time until this album came out. And I was like, okay, this guy raps. 
So that's what he does. That's what I've been following him for. And to say that this album surprised me would be an understatement. This is a good project. Now, it's not the best thing ever. It's not super diverse. At least he's not super diverse. At least until the end of it. And with this one, it's sort of the opposite of Savage Mode too. Whereas the front end of it, I was really starting to try to get used to Reason. Get used to the way he raps, his metaphors. And towards the end... I was really starting to dig it a lot more. He started introducing more features and getting more people involved. And that's when I was like, okay, this guy is, he's here to stay. This guy's talented. And it's up there with some of my favorite albums that have come out this year. Now, there hasn't been a ton of great stuff out this year, but I will say that this album surprised me and I still listen to it. So if you haven't ever heard of Reason, and you've never listened to this album, New Beginnings, check it out on all platforms. You know, not obviously not sponsored or anything like that. But, you know, check them out. It's a good project. Now, this is something I really wanted to talk about. And it's another reason why I didn't release a podcast last week. Because I didn't see the point of releasing this on Thursday when this property finished on Friday. And then I could, you know, take some time to really think about it and come and talk about it this week and that is the boys season two and just how I felt like that went I thought that this season I thought this season was better than the first season now the first season to me was more unpredictable and it did a lot more there was a lot more action to the first season as a whole okay but for the second season the second season brought a lot of the character development while also mixing in a lot of that action and it just progressed the plot a lot now anyone who watched this show i get a lot of people asking me because the boys is based off of a comic okay and people ask me hey did you see this coming did you see that coming and to be honest with you this show does not really follow the comic at all they're doing their own thing with it and i really like when shows do that because it gives them more liberty to do the things they want to do and it keeps things fresh it's a lot like how marvel uses plot lines from the comics but they don't use the exact plot line you know they play around with it and they just sort of shape it around that plot line but they don't make it the centralized point and they don't do it verbatim and I enjoy when they do that. So when I looked it up to see how much more of this they were going to do, because I know that compared to the comic, they've gotten nowhere close to where it ends. And I wanted to see how many seasons they had planned for this. And Eric Kripke, who is the showrunner, he's, he developed the show. For those of you who don't know who Eric Kripke is, he also developed the show Supernatural. So it is important to get to know who people are, because then you get to know what kind of stuff you're going to like. But he said that this show, in his mind, he sees it being five seasons. But that doesn't mean much because he only intended for Supernatural to be like six or seven seasons. And they're on season who knows at this point. They're just rolling along. But I really, really, really enjoyed this season a lot. And I do think that this show is here to stay. And this is a good show for what's going on in the world it's a 
culturally relevant show. I don't know if they intended on that, but, you know, they even throw in some little allusions and stuff towards, like, the current administration and just the current state of the world. So if you're interested in something like that with a little bit of action and you're not afraid of a little bit of gore and violence, check out The Boys Season 2. Oh, check out season one and then season two on Amazon Prime, and it's a quick watch. Each season's like eight episodes. So 16 hours, boom, you're done. You're all caught up. I know that sounds like a lot, but it's really not that much. It goes by so quick. And now, you know, we're going to start to wind down a little bit. We're going to start to wind down, and it's spooky season. I don't know if you guys could tell from, you know, the intro music I played. That was a beat I made myself because I wanted to make something on the spookier side for this. And I wanted to include some movie recommendations every time I put up a podcast since it's spooky season. And I wanted to make them easily accessible movies through streaming platforms. I didn't want to go with something that, you know, you'd have to chase down a copy of it because there's no point in that. I shouldn't recommend movies you can't see. It doesn't make any sense. So, here are my movie recommendations, and I'm going to go one per major streaming platform, at least the ones I consider major streaming platforms. I don't have HBO, so I'm not going to recommend anything from HBO. That's just how that's going to go, at least for right now. But the first one that I'm going to recommend is called Ready or Not. It is available on Hulu. And the plot of it is centered around a very deadly game of hide-and-seek. That's all I'm going to tell you. Take the time to check it out if you got time. It's a good one. It's one of my favorites. Next up, we got The Cabin in the Woods off Amazon Prime. This movie is one of those movies that, like, I like to tell people kind of the backstory behind it because it's, I think it's funny. So this movie was originally made as more of a satire towards the horror genre, right? And sort of the tropes and stuff that are found in the horror genre. If any of you don't know what a trope is, a trope is a common occurrence that happens in a movie that sort of tells you that, you know, this is the type of movie that you're watching. Something that's very common. For example, a trope in a horror movie would be a woman running from the killer and tripping and falling. That's a trope that you would see very often, and sometimes people get tired of seeing those tropes. Sometimes people welcome those tropes. But one thing they do is signal to you exactly what it is you're watching. Cabin in the Woods plays with a lot of these in a very clever way, and it's almost, well not almost, it is so well done that it actually stands very well as a very good horror movie in itself. Now, this movie was filmed in 2010, and it stars Chris Hemsworth as one of the main characters, right? They didn't release this movie in 2010 or 2011. This movie was released in 2012. Why did they wait two years? Because at the time when they recorded it, none of the people in the movie were big names. Chris Hemsworth was not the person he is today. However, in 2011, Chris Hemsworth... Was, ah. However, in 2011, Chris Hemsworth filmed Thor and starred as Thor, and he quickly became a household name to where the studio who filmed this, I don't remember off the top of my head, they said, perfect, now we can release this because now we have a box office draw. Business 101, great move on their part, bravo. Check this movie out on Amazon Prime. It is also one of my favorite movies 
and definitely one of my favorite movies of 2012. And rounding it up on Netflix, the king of the streaming services as far as I'm concerned, is Hush, which is centered around a deaf woman who is living in a cabin out in the woods. Don't know why she's living in a cabin out in the woods by herself, because she's deaf. But, you know, them's the breaks. It's a good one. Uh, Produced by Blumhouse, who has been killing it in the horror genre lately. They've kind of been the people who have revamped the horror genre. And, you know, they're doing great work over there. Don't remember when this movie came out. But check it out on Netflix. And if, if you end up checking any of these out and you know me and you like one of them or you don't like one of them, let me know. Shoot me a text. Hit me up on socials. If you don't know me and you do want to follow me and you do want to reach out, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at William Norris Jr. William Norris Jr. And please go and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Mind of Mark. That is M-A-R-Q. Mind of Mark. There should be some cool stuff coming up there soon. I'm going to say that every week just so you all hold me accountable. Okay? It won't be this week. It won't be next week. But it is coming soon. There is work being done on it. So with that being said, thank you so much if you made it to this point. Tried to keep this one short and sweet. I really like this kind of pocket that I'm in because I feel like I'm not rambling too much. Thank you for listening. And, you know, go out there, read something, watch something, learn something. Have a great weekend. Peace.